Hi, everybody. Welcome to another version of the Bruce Singer Podcast. I'm very excited to have a super guest. Before we get into Ben Gibbons, just want to tell you about the, the podcast itself. Uh, it's all about content, great content that you can use every day in your life and your business and very focused on the food industry, the, the whole food ecosystem. And, and we'll talk about that in terms of the podcast as well. And again, I am Bruce, the post and the CEO and founder of Canada CFOs, which provides uh, finance, finance, finance professionals, CFOs on an interim basis, a contract basis and part-time basis. And we do service the entire food ecosystem. That is the area of folk, our focus on health and wellness. So uh, I'm very excited to have an awesome guest today, Ben Gibbons. And I'm going to tell you about Ben. Uh, ben is the founder and managing partner of Waterpoint Lane, which is an investment company. And he'll tell you, he'll tell you more about that. Uh, he's also chairman of the board of the of ACG, the Association for Corporate Growth, the Toronto chapter, which I'm a member. That's when how we sort of met and got them on the podcast. And by the way, an awesome organization. And uh, and congratulations for everything, Ben, that you do for ACG. It is unbelievable the opportunities of networking. That's a whole other story. <laughs> Thanks for it. there. I think his team are doing a fantastic job. Uh, you'll tell by his accent that he grew up in Australia uh, in a farm. He's going to share more. And he's actually an engineer. And became it became an invest in the investment uh, investment banker. There's a journey there, and uh, he's got a, a son, son three years, three year old daughter, daughter, sorry, daughter, daughter three year old yeah. daughter, and he, he he moved to Canada, and it's quite exciting. Anyways, Ben, excited to have you. We're going to talk about money today. We're going to talk the best thing. We're going to talk about all great things. We're going to talk about Canada, and thank you for coming on the podcast. I'm very excited to have you. Thanks, Bruce. Great to be here for sure. Okay. The first we're going to share, we always start the podcast. Love to hear your story because we're going to get inspired here and we're going to share your story and then we're going to talk about some content. So how did you end up how did you end up in investment banking in Canada? And for that, in the in the foodie, in the food area and sustainability area, I'd love to hear your story. Can you please share it? Yeah, well, um yeah, you kind of pointed to some highlights, but uh a winding journey to, to some degree, but uh, becomes a little bit circular at the end. So um, as you pointed, uh, pointed out, I grew up on a farm in Australia, uh, sheep and wheat farm, about <clears throat> seven hours west of Sydney, which doesn't get you very far across Australia, um, notwithstanding um, <clears throat> that, that time scale. Um, we, uh, my, my, uh, my father and um, grandfather effectively kind of worked the farm, but uh, my father was adamant that me and my brother certainly would not be farmers. So, uh, they, uh, they ultimately kind of sold the farm when we were about uh, 15, 16 um, and uh, kind of moved into town. Yeah, ultimately, I uh, I went to university in Sydney, started studying uh, engineering. Um, uh, I was in a scholarship program at, at, at university and was doing all these work placements at various engineering firms. And I think throughout that process, realised that uh, ultimately I probably wasn't going to be an engineer um, on a full-time basis post-university. But uh Ended up doing some work uh, for a telco uh, in Australia that led me into a business strategy group, which uh, ultimately the uh, the the um, my my boss at that group told me that uh, uh, I'd waste my career if I uh, stayed there and had an option to either go to investment banking or or consulting, and he um, he guided me in that in that direction. So, kind of long story short, I ended up at Deutsche Bank in Sydney. Um, you know, kind of fell into the deep end um, um, pretty pretty directly at uh, at Deutsche, uh, doing big kind of working on big global transactions, 
Wow. Um, but did got an opportunity to work with a smaller uh, mid-market company at that uh, at that organization and, and really saw that working with entrepreneurs and founders uh, was much more style. So uh, I left Deutsche, um, joined Grant Thornton's corporate finance group in Sydney um, and, uh, and had a whale of a time there. Um, that's ultimately where I met my wife. She was Canadian, working in Sydney for, for a little bit. Uh, she ultimately came back to Canada and after about 18 months of long distance relationship, which I don't think you can get any longer distance relationship than Canada or Australia, um, I, uh, I, I found my way to Canada. I joined a, a firm that was called Collins Barrow at the time. Ultimately, it merged with a, um, a group called RSM out of the US and became RSM in Canada. And I uh, I was kind of running the corporate finance group, which became a deal consulting group. So continue to work with entrepreneurs, um, you know, growing their businesses, providing M&A and capital raising support services, et cetera. Um, and then I, I had a daughter. Um, you know, she's now three and a half. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Um, and, I, and I think that was really like one of the tipping points of, of me you know, getting back to my roots with respect to kind of farming and, and food. Yeah. I, I think being responsible for a human <laughs> like directly <laughs> that, uh, you know, has, has no other means that than you as a parent to, to kind of care for, you know, makes you think about things a little bit differently. So, you know, we just got a little bit more in touch with the food that we eat, um, what we're feeding her, obviously. Um, that took me on a, on a little bit more of a journey kind of back to, you know, my, my days growing up on a farm and, and how our food kind of comes to the plate. And so, um, I, you know, I, I got just a lot more kind of personally passionate about that space again and, and wanted to um, kind of drive my career in that space. So in August of, of 2021, I launched Waterpoint Lane um, with a focus of, um, as you say, investing growth capital into businesses in the agri-food system, um, but with a key focus on sustainability, um, driving the, the sustainability story of the agri-food system, which I think is a you know, a very underrepresented part of the the climate change story, which you know, yeah. I know we can kind of talk about in a lot more detail. Um, and uh, have, have been working with family offices and other investors to um, invest into that space over the last uh, um, almost two years. So we've made a number of investments. We're continuing to um, look at companies that are, are doing interesting things in the agri-food space, uh, primarily focused on North America, but you know, it's a it's a large globally interconnected space, as I'm sure you and your listeners know. So it's um yes, it is. something that we uh we look at quite intently. So would you you mentioned the word underrepresented? Can you can you what does that mean? What is it? What yeah, is it? I, I think if we kind of look back to the climate change story, and you know, it's hard to pinpoint when climate change and and sustainability started becoming a lot more of a, a an area of focus for for investment dollars, let alone innovation. Um, yeah, the, the area of focus has traditionally, especially in Canada, um, but but globally, has always been in the energy space and how do we you know, transform our energy sector, um, you know, with respect to renewable energy, et cetera, where, you know, it, certainly in my view, and, and I think that, you know, the stats will show is that there are areas like our food system that we can make meaningful change to our climate change story with innovation and technology and the use of uh, improved services and 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 transforming the way we've, you know, farmed, uh, produced, and, and kind of put food on the plate, that um, can be a really significant driver to improving our climate change story. Which is, you know, if we if we continue to um, go down the path that we're we're going down, you know, will not you know be a, a great outcome for anyone. So, you know, as a as a theme and as a as a 
opportunity for investment. We think there's a there's a, a great driver. Um, there's a lot of tailwinds to to this space, which will work out well for investors if we uh, if we can execute on the right right strategy accordingly. Well, I think it has to. If you look at, I mean, if you look at Canada, I mean, we're loaded with space, loaded with natural resources, loaded with farming opportunity. I mean, it, 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 well, I mean, we're in the same. I see it as the other side, right? Uh, right. Definitely under, I get you. They're also under under invested. That's just my perception. Uh, yeah, there's, and, and that's right. Tremendous and, opportunity. Tremendous opportunity. Yeah. Right. And and yeah, the the um, panel for climate change with the UN, you know, regularly risk releases reports. They've just released another report um, on on where we're heading and and the opportunities and and two key factors that they point out in that um, um, report are two areas that we're inherently focused on. One is the fact that you know, regenerative agricultural and sustainable um, practices at the farming level um, with an inherent focus on soil and the opportunity that soil can, one, sequester um, you know, significant volumes of carbon and improving our soil can go a long way to um, um, making great strides in our climate solution is one area. The second is the food waste issue, and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah there's a there's yeah, food security you've discussed yeah. in the past. There's a significant amount of food loss throughout yeah. our supply chain, and if we can improve that, then uh, you know we can we can hit our goals of, of feeding a lot of people as we uh, as our population continues to grow. So knowing those are two drivers that focusing on those are there's others you know but talk with holding. How does it translate into what you do into companies investing in companies? How does that how does that translate? into i guess the bottom question is 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 what's hot <laughs> yeah like like uh, entrepreneurs well, bring in the whole thing you know how does that all come together yeah yeah like um you know we're, we're an early stage kind of growth capital investor yep. the best companies um at, at this stage are, uh, you know inherently solving a problem um okay. you know wh- whether it's this you know kind of big global issues or whether it's a you know, at a HR SaaS company that that's kind of solving a, an issue in in kind of process or something at, at a you know large enterprises etc. You know, the best companies that we look for investing in uh, are solving problems. The bigger the problem, you know, the bigger the addressable market opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, the bigger the size of the prize at the end of the day. So, um, from from our perspective, I don't think it's a debate that you know we have a. Uh, an agri-food system that um, needs you know, transformation along the way. Um, you know, we don't think it's, you can't just, you know, kind of take our food system and stop it and, and start again. You know, there's, there's a lot of innovation that's already occurring and will continue to occur. And, you know, from, from our perspective, we, if we can put fuel to that fire through investing in good companies, making um, innovation occur within that sector that's driving these things, then, you know, we're going to do well, and ultimately the, the food system and the broader stakeholders at large will do well. Um, you know, it, the the um, the capital markets broadly are challenged, um, is, is, yeah, is probably a, kind of a, a light way of saying where we're at. Obviously, there's been some, some big issues uh, from a macro perspective, um, economically on a global basis. There's been some specific issues with respect to, you know, the tech sector more broadly, um, um, certainly of late with things like Silicon Valley Bank and, and other things causing some, some um, ripples throughout the system. But the tailwinds persist. Um, and it, as we think about, you know, the thesis of solving problems and, and kind of moving innovation along the curve, 
um, certainly the the message that um, you know I hear from my investors and I, I talk to my investors around is the fact that the tailwinds uh, aren't going away. It might slow a couple of things down uh, here or there, um, but the the opportunity um, and the requirements for change are, are going to persist. But what happened with with Silicon Valley and tech? Does that change the food land? Like, does the appetite because of that? Does the appetite shift towards agri food tech, food food and food tech? Is it, or it's just, or not really, it's just, it's just another genre or whatever you want to call it, another aspect that does the appetite shift or, or, or really it's got to be more of, um, of, of, we got to create the appetite to attract global dollars into the, cause it is a global, I, I think it is a global investment community. Um, yeah, no, the, 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 the space is global. We're seeing capital in Canada um, come from all parts of the world, for sure, um, in the agri-food space, as well as you know, every other sector. Um, th- there's always ripple effects, like no- nothing is isolated. Um, we, you know, we're a globally interconnected world, regardless of, of what you know, vertical you're operating in. Um, so I would say that the, the, the big macro theme that we've seen is that risk appetite has definitely kind of dropped off. Um, and so there are you know, risk dollars that would normally be investing in this space that have just pulled back. Um, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that they're being deployed elsewhere. Um, you know, there is a lot of dry powder sitting on the sidelines waiting for a little bit of the okay. um, the volatility yeah. to kind of come out of the market and then, you know, start to kind of deploy again, which, um, you know, in, in certain aspects is not a bad thing because, you know, there's been probably some, you know, significant run-up in valuations, et cetera, that, you know, in, in certain sectors it was unsustainable in any case. You know, our, our thesis at the end of the day is there's a lot of opportunity with the interdependency and interconnectivity between the tech sector and things that have, have occurred and are occurring in tech and the application in the agri-food space that are under um, under um, analysed, et cetera, to date. So if we think about you know, themes like artificial intelligence that um, obviously is an area that there's been a significant amount of capital, especially of late going into that is still very early in its application in the agri-food space. Interesting. You know, interesting. Now I want to ask about the one, one thing we're going to end very soon, but one thing I want to ask, because again, in my perception, uh, what, I, what I see is, 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 you know, we go to all the events and, and in terms of the Canadian investor is the, the Canadian investor, are we behind in investing in agri in agri-food and food tech, in terms of the Canadian money, is there? What are your thoughts on on the Canadian investor? Because I see the U.S. investor, I see a different thing. You know, what are yeah. your what are your what are your what are your what, are, what is your experience with the Canadian investor? Yeah, I'd say like at a, at a macro theme, U.S. investors just you know generally, and I'm stereotyping pretty badly here, but generally have a just a higher risk appetite than than okay. you know the Canadian investor at large, and so. We certainly see you know, a lot more capital deployed in the US um, and a lot of capital coming from the US to to be deployed in the Canadian market. I actually saw a stat the other day that uh, for every dollar invested in the agri-food space in Canada, $35 is invested in the US. Wow, if we kind of generally of a... think about, yeah, well, we generally have this one to 10 ratio that we always think about with, with Canada and the US. So we expect there to be more capital deployed in the US, but um, that ratio is is probably um, high. So 
you know, oh. in addition to, you know, the fact that it's just generally upresented, we, we think there's a, um, you know, just a dearth of, of you know, kind of directly uh, focused capital in the in the Canadian agri-food space that, you know, is, is part of the issue that we're trying to solve with uh, with Waterpoint Lane as well. That's good for you. Um, one of the questions, I keep getting questions I come up to that. Um, it, it seems that in the early stage companies, it's it's mostly government money. Like is that protein industries Canada? You know, right. is, is that is that correct too? It's it's a like again that that has a lot to do with the risk appetite, I guess. Is that where um... it, it does? And and I'd say Canada's doing an okay job um, with with um, you know kind of government funding, grant funding, um, you know, tax breaks, etc. To the sector at large um, yeah. to to support innovation. Um, do I think it's the government's doing enough. Obviously not. I would. I'd be advocating for the government to to be more um, uh, aggressive with with the opportunity. I, yeah, Canada is a is an agri food leader on the global stage. Oh no and question. I think no the, question. The biggest risk that we yeah. have is that we lose our leadership status yeah. by not being at the forefront of the innovation um, opportunity that occurs, especially as it pertains to sustainability. So. Yeah, there's a lot of areas where our agri-food space can can you know point to very specifically is the fact that they are global leaders, um, and so we need our government to continue to support the innovation that's occurring in that space. Okay. Um, next, Waterpoint Lane. Yes. Can you share about Waterpoint Lane, how you help, and your sweet like? I want, I want to. If someone listens to the podcast, how do we look at the fit? <laughs> like you know, like to, to yeah. make. Uh, the match, you know, what I mean, like <laughs> I call it, you know, like can you talk about your your more about what you do and Waterpoint Lane does, and and how, if someone listens, how, how do they know the to reach out to you? Yeah, no, for sure. Well, we're we're a, we're an investor. Um, you know, I I partner with family offices and high net worth investors. I I I don't operate out of a fund. I have a a deal by deal structure. Um, so I set up a special purpose investment vehicle for each deal that we're going to do. So we're we're generally trying to write. Um, you know, somewhere between a half a million to you know, three or four million is is probably the the kind of key sweet spot of of equity into a a company that has has developed um, technology, a service, a, a process, a, a product, etc. That is is innovating the food system and driving sustainability nice. outcomes. Um, so we measure a couple of KPIs uh, with respect to the sustainability outcomes. We're interested in soil health. We're interested in reducing food waste. We're interested in reducing uh, GHG emissions, and and more importantly, um, or certainly uh, more importantly now than ever, we're very much focused on on water and the the reduction in consumption of water um, through through the system, um, and and so we're looking at companies that have demonstrated that they have a path to to growth. So, would I would say we're not. Um, the super early stage investors, you know, we need to see that there's a there's a product market fit before we would start to kind of write write capital. Um, so that tends to be companies that have you know a little bit of revenue, you know, not necessarily kind of obviously profit profit um, generating or cash flow positive, but you know have a path to to getting there based on, on capital. They have, they have some traction. They got traction. They got a path. That's right. That's okay. right. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Ben, this has been very very insightful. Thank you so much for sharing all your insights and everything. It's really uh, quite interesting what's going on today. And I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and the, the contribution that Waterpoint Lane is making as well. Is there anything, is there anything that we didn't discuss that you think we should share to the audience that you think is important 
that didn't because our podcast is fairly short please share yeah no i'd, I'd say like a, a lasting thought that i'd leave is that yeah. um you know one, one of the areas that is is kind of a big concern area for, for for me as we think about the technology and innovation that's occurring generally is the fact that you know our, our farmers are still producing you know the vast abundance of of kind of food that hits the plate on a on a global basis so um, you know, they're very important to our 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 mm-hmm. agri-food system. They're very important to the health and well-being of, of all of us. Um, so one, get to know a farmer if you can, support our farmers. Um, you know, the, the economics to, to farmers, you know, have, have generally been something that's slid um and, and need to get better. So every, you know, things that we look at are, are very much focused on farmer economics. But um, you know, we are seeing a, a trend towards the the um, especially in Ontario here the the continued loss of farmland through the destruction of, of things like the the green belt so yeah that's terrible you know, to that's the extent terrible. to the extent that uh, people listening that can either be influential or, or lend their voice to, to that issue um, point, I, I yeah. call on people to do so like that's that's a whole other topic that is really like we don't want to we don't want to lose who we have and one of the most valuable things that we have is our natural resources. That's right. That is that is that is one of our Canada's superpowers, is right. the nat- is our natural resources. Thank you for much for sharing that. Thank you. Thanks, Bruce. Pleasure to be on the the discussion, and always good to talk to you, Matt. Thank you. Anyways, everybody, take care, and uh, we'll see you next time on on the podcast. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.